This episode is brought to you by Houston Lucky of Keller Williams Realty. If you're looking for that dream home or that dream piece of property here in the beautiful state of Alabama, email him at HoustonLucky at KW.com for the rest of his contact info. And also, what's family if they don't believe in you? So thanks to Cantley Pittman, my brother, for sponsoring us. And last but not least, thank you to the Frosty Mug, a local staple, a local legend. Some of the best burgers, fries, and onion rings, and milkshakes around. Go check them out. Enjoy a view of the Warrior River. Enjoy their food. And most of all, keep supporting local businesses. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for believing in us. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. We hope you all enjoy. Welcome back to Pass the Jar. I'm your host, Drake Pittman. And I'm your co-host, Shane Murray. This is another crowd control episode. We went to our Facebook group, The Community Jar, asked them a couple of questions. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But first, um, I think we kind of made it. I don't know, based off cancel culture, the cancel culture episode, because... Elaborate. You know how we always ask you guys to leave a written review and a rating? Well... <laughs> We didn't get a written review, but we got a rating, and it wasn't a five-star. Hey. It was a one-star. That's what I've been my whole life. So have do you make it when people start giving you negative feedback? I don't know. They must not have liked it. Something must have struck a chord, and that's okay. No hate. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but I read from a wise man on Facebook that said, a lot of people hate me that have never met me. At least meet me and give me the opportunity to earn your hate. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a touchy topic. And there's going to be people that don't like what we say. Just like um, we don't like the cancel culture and how people act on that. But a one-star rating, uh, I'm not mad at it. That's, that's good feedback. That means somebody's actually listening. And The only gripe I have is that there wasn't a written review on how we could be better for them. Yeah, that's what I needed. I mean, mm-hmm. like, why did you leave a one-star review? Did you, did you just not like Shane and I, or did you not like the episode itself? That was the only thing I was just like, mm, I kind of want to know why. Yeah. Other that than that, it didn't sense. bother me. I mean. No, yeah. I'm not, you, I'm not holding a grudge. I just, like I said, feel like it would have been more constructive to say, you know, one star, here's why. Yeah. They give you one to five stars for a reason. Yeah. Use them. I you feel get, like, could just be me here. Five star doesn't require a written review. You give something five stars, that's saying... Plenty about it there. Dope. Four star could say something if you felt inclined. Don't necessarily have to. Yeah. Three stars is when like the comments need to, in my opinion, start flowing. You know, three out of five. It's good. I would enjoy this more. Two stars. All right. Now you don't like it. That's yeah. a that's a that's a technically a bad review. Here's why I don't like it. One star. I need you to air it out. Yeah. I mean, we're Lay not gonna be mad on us. We're not gonna be mad at you either way. I, I mean. Know feedback is what keeps people going. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we make it better in your opinion? We'll listen to you and probably apply it if we don't think you're absolutely full of it. Well, that's a fair point. I mean, but to be fair. To be fair. Not not everybody's going to like what you do, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I knew, I was like, I'm surprised. I'm that, not okay with a lot of things I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it took this long for me to get, like, negative feedback. Yeah, well, I, I was waiting on it to happen like, like two episodes in. I you're welcome. 
glad I could bring this to you. Shane's over here creating <laughs> dummy iTunes accounts, leaving one star reviews on everything. But anyway, like whoever left that one star r- r- rating, if you're listening, hey, that's cool. That's your opinion, and we're glad you at least gave us some feedback. Gang, gang. But we uh, we asked two questions on Facebook. We're gonna split them up into two different parts. Okay. We'll give people the first question, mm-hmm. and then. The, the people's answers. Okay. And then we'll go to the second question because it gets more positive. We're here about positivity today. Hey. So uh, the question was, what is an everyday task that stresses you out? Before we get into these people's answers, what's an everyday task that stresses you out? Hmm. There's more than, more than one or two. I think the most stressful one probably gonna go with hearing that alarm clock. That's fair. Just waking up for work, just ah man, it's not terrible. It's just it means your sleep's coming came to an end. Now you got to get up and be a productive member of society. Yeah, it's just no, it's not good. It, it's like you go to bed stressing about work. I don't even do that. I mean, nine times out of ten. By the time I pass out, it's mostly because I've been up all morning, all day, working, and I just kind of hit a wall. Yeah. I don't really I don't have a set bedtime. I'm not, you know, lights out in bed by 8.30, asleep by 8.45. There's nights I'll hear from you at like, I'll stop hearing from you at like 9 o'clock, but then there's nights where you're still texting me at like 2 a.m. Like, yeah. Dude, give me some consistency. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> I need to give myself some consistency. One thing that stresses me, I was just, uh, getting off 22 on the I-65 South when mm. I'm going to work. Because when I'm, I'm coming in, that. it's like people are just flowing. And I got to get all the way over. And, of course, assholes aren't going to let you over. Another wise man, Mr. Houston Lucky, once said in the back of a school bus on the way to Montgomery for a field trip, that turn signal don't mean I won't over. It means I'm coming over. Right. I mean, now I just, I find the window and I shoot it. Like I just, boom, just gun it and get over that four lanes that I got to get over. You got full coverage insurance? Yeah. Buddy, I'm driving (laughs) way too cautiously then. (laughs) But uh, other than that, like just work. I mean, we're millennials. Like work stresses us out for some reason. I don't mind when I get to work. I don't mind it. Now, if I get like a shitty patient as far as like, they have a lot of health problems. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start stressing out before they even show up. That's fair. Because That's fair. it's like, mm, I can kind of tell it might be a long night. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, like I said, just waking up first thing in the morning just automatic automatically stresses me out because you got to get the day started, you got to get to work, you got to work while you're there. Really just the entire day. I think I'm just, I'm overloading myself in the morning. Just getting too tense before you even walk through the door. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that I am too. Like, but it's not, it's not a good mindset. I mean, I'll, I'll enjoy going to work. That's same, same. I enjoy it. But for some reason it still stresses me. I just just hate doing it. Just like golf. Like I love playing golf. That's a great analogy. But I'm stressed out on that first tee because I'm not going to top it. Block it, snap hook. Mm-hmm. If I hit one down the middle, it's going to be a good day. There you go. Maybe. It's <laughs> a good analogy there. Oh, and I guarantee if I hit a good one off the first tee, that second shot is Shank City. Yeah. 
It's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. There you go. But we're going to get into some of the answers that we got. My man, Anthony, we're not going to use any last names on here, just so you don't go stalking these people. But my man, Anthony, said, opening emails after lunch. So apparently he was, he's got a work, like work-related like work emails, I'm guessing. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't deal with the work-related emails anymore, so that stressor's kind of gone. But I definitely see where he's coming from, because there was more than a few times where got emails, not necessarily right after lunch, but just periodically throughout the day, and I'm like, Another topic, another problem I got to take care of. Yeah. We don't get many emails. Like, I definitely don't get emails while I'm at work, but like they don't, I, it doesn't stress me out just because it's usually just a new policy or procedure being put in. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stresses me out about that is remembering to do it because I told Brittany the other day, my ADHD over the past month, I'll say month, has just absolutely Ramped been kicking up. my yeah. tail. Like I can't focus. I can't stay on task. Like, there was one night at work, like, I was just totally off my game. And I was so frustrated. I was like, I really just, like, if I walked out of here, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> because I couldn't focus. I knew I wasn't, like, doing the proper job. So, that's about it on mine. But I don't get work-related emails. Yeah. Like I said, I, I understand where he's coming from. I guess the after-lunch part. You got that full belly. You're well, I was like, gonna say, are you thinking about going home? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're you're over the hump now in your work day, so you're ready to set that bad boy on cruise control and just ride it out. And now you got emails coming in, more you got to handle. Anthony, I need this done at X time mm-hmm. tomorrow. God dang, dude! I just finished lunch. I want to take a nap. I don't need you hassling my ass about something. Now I'm pre-stressing for tomorrow. Yeah, thanks. After lunch emails feed into the next day. Yep. Email your employees in the morning. <laughs> Give them an itinerary for the day if that's necessary. But then, oh, here we go. Our man Sterling, mm-hmm. love that guy. He says, when you wake up knowing there's ish you got to do when you get home from work and you haven't even gotten out of bed to go to work. Felt that one. Yeah. Felt that one. It's kind of the same thing I was saying earlier. Just overloading yourself first thing in the morning with your entire day. Yeah. And you ain't even out of bed yet. Bro, on... Sunday, my first day of the work week, I'm already thinking about everything I got to do when I'm off for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Like cut grass, cut somebody else's grass, do this, do that. And I'm like, holy, kind of just want to stay at work at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just keep grinding it out. But it's like today I had just this list of things to do. Yeah, so Saturdays and Sundays are just like anomalies for me. Whole like attitude, emotions, everything changes. Going to bed Friday night, waking up Saturday morning. Yeah. Just 180% completely different person. Super happy. Nothing can stress me. That's fair. I mean, once I get all the stuff I have to get take, taken care of done, stress-free. Like, mm-hmm. let's chill, babe. You know? But during that week at work, I'm like, holy crap. I kind of want just a day to do nothing. Oh, yeah. Just to enjoy hanging out and doing fishing or something, but. I feel that though, Sterling. I, I agreed. I think like our age group for some reason we just stress out about so much, so much stuff, and we can't let it come back to bite us. No, I think we're handling it. Hmm. I do think it's just the fact of I've got to go to work, but then I've got all this other stuff I've got to do too. And if you work long hours. 
Like, you know, we were talking about you having to work last weekend, like 13 days in a row. Mm-hmm. Like you got to fit that stuff in. You got to do it at home somewhere along the line. So that could create high blood st- pressure. It's a stressful environment. I mean, you got two kids, mm-hmm. stuff you got to do. <sighs> at least you got Cortland with you too. Yeah. So, you know, I remember just have, when I had the big yard, just all that grass I had to cut. I was like, and I had two yards cut each week at that time. I was like, man, I was like, this is like seven hours, six, seven hours of just cutting grass and weed eating. So that would have like, just a whole day for me. That would have just been a Saturday thing. Like I would have just known come Saturdays. That's what I'm going to have to do. Oh yeah. It was, I'd start at 6 a.m. Hop on the mower and just go to town. I mean, I enjoy cutting grass. Like it's just plug in my earbuds and go, mm-hmm. but you know, having to drive back and forth to places, load up the trailer, load the lawnmower in the trailer, stuff like that. That was just the, that was the task I didn't like. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of weed eating either. Nah, I can, I can get down with a weed eater. Some of those places you got to get into, I'm like, I'm probably about to step on a copperhead. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you got a weed eater. Give yourself a fighting chance. <laughs> but, Bell Sterling's answer. Another one was from Beth, future guest. Spoiler. <laughs> Walking in the door to get my kids from my parents' house after work using your cringe face emoji that you always use. That's her stressor? Yes. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Uh, Especially if it's been a long day at work. You know, you want to come home and unwind and kind of give yourself a few minutes to just decompress. But as soon as you step through that door, you've got to flip the switch and go from... Work you to mom or dad you. Because the kids don't know any different. See, I don't have kids, so I can't relate. That's fair. Well, a <laughs> little insight for you. The kids can't relate. They see you come in, and it's instantly, you know, dad's home. Yeah. Wide open. Let's go. Well, I, Fun fact, I saw this TikTok the other day. This woman was filming her husband in the kitchen with a beer in his hand listening to some old school hip-hop. And she says, I give my husband 30 minutes every day to get when he gets home from work to decompress before he goes into dad mode. Genius. Yeah. Love that. Fun fact, we watched the movie yesterday on uh, Netflix last night. Yesterday? Yes. It's got a... Day. Yes, day. (laughs) It's got a... God, what's her name? She played in 13 going on 30. She played in that Peppermint movie. So, fun fact... Since you like throwing them out, I haven't heard of any of the three movies you just named. Yikes. Well, yes, they just came out on Netflix, but it's a really good movie. Maybe these, 13 going on 30. These parents give their kids, they earn a yes day. No chance. As in where kids get told no, within reason, like they have they have boundaries. Zero percent chance. <laughs> kids yes day? Buddy. Ah. Uh-uh. I mean, you can set some ground rules and make it fun. Elaborate. <laughs> like they, uh. They went and ate ice cream for breakfast. They went to a theme park. Um, they played some bl- like dodgeball or some some capture the flag game mm-hmm. at a park, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it sounds Just, like a nightmare. <laughs> no, it was actually pretty how old are these kids? Uh, there's like a teenager, a tweener, and a whatever comes after a toddler, like four years old. Okay, <laughs> kindergartner. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just a child, but anyways. <clears throat> but anyways, back to Beth's answer. Does that stress you out when you get out of your car at home? You're like, mm, these kids are about to bombard me. Yes and no. 
Especially now that you brought up that TikTok, and I think I know what you're talking about. I think I saw the same thing. But if for me, anyways, if it was like an extra long, crappy day at work, and I'm just done with everything, I get a little bit of a rush when I walk in, and Avery or Beckham will come flying around that corner and just, Daddy! Yeah. Hauling right up to me. It's like just an instant freaking mood booster, and next thing I know, I'm down on the floor and Avery's jumping on my head and Beckham's trying to tackle me. <laughs> so, Which one carries the Shane energy the most? Oh, definitely Avery. Yeah, nice. God, it's so bad. <laughs> so, so bad. Oh, yeah. She's a handful then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And then my man Ricky Hedrick, we'll use his last name because he's been on here before. I get stressed out about having to go to work the next day. We just, I know we've already talked about that. Yeah. I mean, funnels in, like I said, with Anthony's answer, you know, you're getting work emails after lunch about either stuff you need to get done for the rest of the day or whatever's on tomorrow's agenda. Yeah. Same thing. Now you're pre-stressing about work tomorrow when you hadn't even made it all the way through the day today. I asked him, uh, I said, well, what makes it better though? And he never answered. So Ricky, get back to me, bro. <laughs> He's still looking himself. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> and then our own Shane Murray said quicksand. Stand by that. Quicksand stresses you out, even though there, there's no quicksand around here. There actually is. Where? I can act, I will literally take it, take you there if you want. I can show you exactly where it is. I fell in it when I was like eight years old. <laughs> it's not, you know where the uh, H&W? Not H&W. It's a little Honda place. The Those, motorcycles. And I know what you're talking about right there C-dos. on 78. Yeah, what's that called? Is it H&W? No. Somebody else let us know what it's called. Yeah, anyways. Cross the street, you go up that hill, bare right, probably like four houses back there. I don't know. Somebody we knew had to live back there at the time, but I know for a fact I was in quicksand. <laughs> that was a really deep, slow-draining mud hole. I can see quicksand being stressful. Well, so, I mean. thing is, my quicksand, though, is to not stress. Well, that's what they tell you, but, yeah, you're sinking into the earth. Kind of hard not to stress. That's not it. I wouldn't. I didn't mean quicksand in the literal definition of quicksand, though. Oh, another Shane Twister. Go ahead and fill me in. Well, it is actually a, a Shane Twister, but it's my boy Shane Falco. Oh, God. He says you're playing, working, you know, twist it to however it fits your life. And everything's piling in on you and you feel like you're drowning no matter how calm you try to stay. It's like you're stuck in quicksand. Is that why you're wearing Shane Falco jersey today? Precisely why I'm wearing Shane Falco <laughs> jersey today. I mean, talking about preparedness. Hey, I try. I had to walk out of the room to get different things four different times before we started recording. <laughs> All right, but well, it does carry weight, though. If you think about it, you break it down. Yeah, that's that's true. All right. No matter how calm you look on the outside, inside, your mind's going 90 to nothing. You're freaking out. It's the opposite of what you need to be doing. You're in quicksand. You're in quicksand. I feel that. That's fair. And then to our last answer, our boy Mason Bourne will drop his last name as well. His answer to or answer to what stresses you out is beer. Why? Because that's his job. That Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. That's fair. So pretty much everyone's saying the same thing. Mason just found a way to twist it. Boom. <laughs> And put his own spin on it. Yep. And that's fair. Work stresses everybody out. 
if there's anything other than work that's an everyday task that stresses you out, let us know. So we're going to get to the positive question now. What is something or somewhere that instantly puts you in a better mood? Go ahead. It's kind of a split. Is there something and somewhere? Yeah, that's that's what I meant. It's it's a split be- between something and somewhere. Being on the golf course is definitely the somewhere. No matter how bad I'm playing, it's still just nice to be out there. Oh, don't lie. You get mad as hell. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's still nice to be out there. Yeah. The something, though, is definitely the kids. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, on my end, it's if I'm putting me on a pond. There you go. Shout out to Muskie Bloodline. Ain't a bad place to be. Or the golf course. That's my somewhere. Like, that's just clearing the head out or, you know, working out, whatever. I typically stay in the ponds on the golf course. <laughs> but, you know, working out, too, is a big de-stressor for me. Um, in the mornings, that's when I, like, lift. Before I go to bed, just, oh, this patient did this while I'm lifting. This patient did that. I can't do that. I can't work out and then go to bed. I always really? have like a rush after I get done. So like, and I, you know what? Epiphany, little light bulb just went off. That's probably why I'm staying up so late at night. Cause the only time I have free time to work out is at night when everybody else is asleep. So boom, might've just solved my own problem here. Thanks for letting me talk it out, everybody. <laughs> but well, I think it kind of gives me a little bit of a rush, but then the crash that is impending happens really quick. Cause before Brittany leaves for work, like, I'm just talking to her, and it's not even nothing. Mm-hmm. Just, like, filling her in, and I'm like, <laughs> the other morning, I was like, sorry, uh, I was like, sorry I'm talking so much. She's like, I was just wondering if you're on crack. And I was like, no. Like, I don't know if it's being tired or what. So, thanks for that one, too. Um, working out's a rush. So, we're going to get into these answers. Anthony, once again, said, the gym, best place to clean out stress. Very fair. I don't like going to a gym anymore, just because I got tired of waiting on machines. I meant to ask Anthony. I think I, I don't think he's thinking of or mentioning a gym in the same way you are there. Oh no, I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's in jujitsu. Yeah, he's in jujitsu. Yeah. He's doing very well. Yeah. So shout out to Anthony for that. Well, we love anybody that does jujitsu here because uh, Jason Darty. But mm-hmm. I know Anthony doesn't train at his gym, but he's training somewhere. Mm-hmm. Training any kind of any discipline. Mm-hmm. Going to the driving range. Like, yeah. That's kind of the equivalent for us. It's just. Unload it, man. Oh, yeah. Still trying to be locked in and do what you need to do, but it's it's, um, it's a mop it's, for the brain. Yep. Like just squeegeeing away the day's worries. <laughs> so, do you feel that? Like, Oh, 100%, yeah. It's, it's like everything I do to de-stress, I do at weird times because obviously mm-hmm. night shift will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Like I lift in the mornings, I do cardio before I go to work, just get the heart flowing, heart pumping, and... When I go to the drive range stuff, it's in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like on my off days while nobody else is doing anything. So I can spend the evenings with Britt. Mm-hmm. That's also my happy place is those off evenings. Just getting to hang out with her. Like it just puts me in a better mood. And Jackson. Like when he gets out of school, like we have a thing we call dudes day. It's where we're but like I'm off work. He doesn't have anything to do. So me and him just have this whole day to do. Whatever. Yeah. Outdoor things more yeah. th- more often than not. <clears throat> and Beth said working out as well. It's like sh- work and stress, working out, decompress. That's what I love about our generation. Like we are stressed out, but we also are trying to take care of our bodies because it 
taking care of our bodies is good for our minds. Mm-hmm. Like, I let myself get into the worst shape ever last year and the year before. Like, I still worked out during quarantine, but I still wasn't eating right or anything like that. But it was just like, I just work out to just forget everything. Even though I wasn't doing my body any justice by still turning around and eating pizza and whatever else. You mentioned quarantine, and I kind of forgot about it. I definitely need to get back into it. I got heavy into yoga during quarantine. Man. Oh, you turned me on that pio. Dude, that stuff is legit. I haven't done it recently, but it's it's fun. Oh, yeah. And it'll work you out. Yeah. Playing golf, you kind of need some flexibility. You know, and that was probably like the best golf I was playing, too. Yeah. Was that quarantine summer. I mean, we just, we have to do things that are good for our brain because everything else we do for the other, we'll say eight to 12 hours a day is not good for us. No. The stress we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when you go and do something to take care of yourself, your body, you're taking care of your mind. And that's so, that's why I like people that do jujitsu or these people that go to the gym nonstop, like they're the most calm people while they're doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, if you met them at work or something, might be a whole other They might animal. be a mess. Mm-hmm. I know I am. <laughs> oh, I for sure am. And let, well, I'd say like 75% of the time I'm a mess. When I got a chance to get the old Bluetooth speaker bumping, throw on that hot Shania Twain radio, that's my happy. That's, I'll tell you what, there's another split in happy places <laughs> right there. We just have to make it a point to do the things that make us happy and that clear the brain and shake off all the stress from the that day or the day before, whatever it may be. Because, like, I, I, I didn't start working out twice a day until, like, a month ago. Are you doing twice a day? Yeah. Man. It's nice. like I'm lifting in the mornings, doing insanity in the evenings. Big fancy, huh? Well, What's that like? It's struck. It's a struggle. Like, <laughs> obviously, I went to the driving range today, mm-hmm. so I didn't do insanity just because it was warm outside. I sweated a crap ton. Oh yeah, moving all those tertiary muscles that you use while you're playing golf. But I lifted this morning as soon as I woke up. Like it's just it's just a good good way to get my day started. Yeah, like when I'm off work. I but, like it. You know, like when Brittany pulled up, like you saw how like. Yeah, I'm happy now. Brittany's home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's my happy place, too. Is she's my best friend. She's the most important person in my life. Ouch. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, anytime I get to spend with just her. But, you know, going to the gym, doing some kind of martial arts, whatever discipline, that's good for you. I highly advise, like, just doing something to take care of your body because it's good for your mind. Couldn't have said it any better. But to uh, counteract that statement I just made. This is the one I've been waiting on. <laughs> Mason's answer was also beer. That's where I go. Facts. I mean, there's nothing. I like cracking open a cold one on Wednesday evenings after like the work week's over. I like cracking open a cold one every day. I can't. See, I don't when I get home because I just don't have that much of a window I before can't. I go to sleep. <sighs> Buddy. As a guy that worked night shift for a very long time as well. There's no better time to drink than at six thirty seven a.m. in the morning. That is <laughs> prime time. I've a lot of people have severely overhyped night drinking because once you've worked the night shift for a while, I'm sure there's people listening that are heavy night shifters that will agree with the statement I'm making here today. 
morning drinking, whole other level. I mean, like I said, when I let myself get into like terrible shape over the past couple of years, like I would go home, pour a glass, pour about a, one finger of bourbon and just sip on it before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was okay. It was pretty chill. Yeah. But beer, <laughs> beer is a good de-stressor as well. If you drink, if you don't, that's cool. Yeah. Drink of water. Mason's beer is really good. So go try Mason's beer. <laughs> Not sponsored. Hashtag. Recommend. But, uh, Thanks to y'all for tuning in for chiming in on uh on those questions and answers. We we love those. Like I said, interact with bit, us. Yeah. yeah, I love these crowd control episodes. We, we may not get on too many touchy subjects. We'll try to do like this this positivity stuff because we like hearing what helps y'all through the day and what stresses y'all out mm-hmm. because we can all work through it together. Like we're all in this fight of life together, but. We're going to uh, go ahead and jump into a bop or flop. We also asked in the community jar. This one is another early 2000s-ish hip-hop. So it's Nelly is getting hot in here and 50 Cent, Many Men. I'll go ahead and give you mine. I mean, it's pretty easy for me. Go ahead. And I'm going to catch a lot of heat for it. Oh, God. I like 50 Cent's Many Men as a bop. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll be in this fight together. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to go against Many Men. Hot in Here was... It's great. It's a good song. Great song. I mean, it was like a... It was a top hit. No doubt. But as far as like... By just, the literal definition, it was a bop. <laughs> it was. But compared to Many Men, it when don't. he hit that Many Men, Wish Many Death on Me, I was like, hmm... Like, I'm 12 years old. I feel that. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I feel many men wish death upon me as well. Somebody's about to catch me at the swings <laughs> on the playground. But Let I, somebody come under me on the monkey bars and see what happens. That was a pretty straightforward one. I mean, hot in here, that was tough. I mean, yeah, it's a tough one. If it had been country grammar, we'd have been having might another 30-minute discussion. Might have, might have swayed me a little bit there. Country grammar or uh, ride with me. I'm going to go ride with me, and you're going to love my reasoning. Why? <laughs> I thought he said my name in the song. Oh, God. <laughs> Which part? You're going to have to remind me. And mind you, I was very young at this time, so I didn't know what running a credit check was. <laughs> but when he said running credit checks with no shame now, very easy for me to elab- or interpret that as running credit checks with no shame now. <laughs> So, Yikes. hey. How old were you? Probably eight or nine when that song was out? Oh, God. Let's see here. Let's do a quick Google check. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with I was. Oh, God. It was in 2001. Okay, so I was 10. Okay. Well, probably nine. That makes. I, I remember being up at the baseball fields in Sipsy. Yeah. Like when it came out, because that was like getting played heavily on the. uh five disc changer there at the Sipsy press box slash concession stand. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I can, I get it. Young mind. Hey, you know, hoping that, for the best. That honestly <laughs> might've been when like my obsession with lyricism started. That's fair. That was when I really started like paying attention, paying attention to lyrics. Mm-hmm. Obviously not well, yeah. but I was paying attention. A lot of mis- misinterpretation going on. Oh yeah. All right. So anyway, 50 cent, many men, is the bop, Nelly's hot in her, is the flop. 
Oh well, a lot of haters probably gonna probably gonna give us another another one star rating. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think I think we're gonna get a lot of people that agree with that. Depends on, on how deep in hip hop they are. If they were just like chart topping, listening one hundred three seven the Q, they definitely heard Hot and Her more than they heard Fifty Cent's Many Men. R.I.P. to the uh, Schaefer Ass Center Crawfish Bowl. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. Can't remember what I posted about the other day, but something happened, and I said big crawfish boil vibes. I may have to go back to my Facebook and look, but I just remember saying that I missed the Schaefer Eisner crawfish boil. It's so good, yeah, man, so good. It, I remember going with Dylan and mm. all them one time. It was like two thousand eight or nine when Flo Rida played, and he climbed up the uh, the rafters. Yeah. Hype, and it was like ninety degrees in the middle of the day. Were you at the T Pain performance? Yes. But he pulled his pants off. I'm not going to mention any names, but I will carry a grudge to my grave because me and the person I won't mention, we're just sitting at the omelet shop having us some probably waffles, if I had to guess. Don't remember that part. But we just like on a whim decided, hey, let's just go to the crawfish bowl. So we got there kind of early, made our way front and center. If you remember this, T-Pain was like, Three hours late coming on stage. Yeah. We weren't budging. We had literally up against the gate, front row spot. Couldn't give it up. Stayed there the whole show. Definitely got a contact high when he came out. (laughs) No doubt about that. But as we're like turning to leave, now, could have been fake, probably wasn't, but I distinctly remember he had dropped his chain or taken his chain off or something at some point in the show, and it was like literally just right there on the front of the stage, and I was contemplating trying to reach up and grab it. Probably wouldn't have been a smart play, right? Hand to God, if I'm lying, strike me dead right now. Some dude that's like after the show's over, like walking through the stage, cleaning up, sees it, grabs it, throws it right to the chick that's standing exactly where I was, because the person I was with was like, oh, let's just go ahead and get out of here so we can try to beat some traffic. Big sads. Buddy, that wasn't a word said that entire car ride home. <laughs> now, fun, fun question, mm-hmm. and hopefully people will chime in with this on Facebook if you're listening, or Instagram, whatever. What was your favorite crawfish boil performance? Of train. I mean, they put on a <laughs> hell of a show. When Drops of Jupiter hit? Whew, buddy. When Pat Monahan went crowd surfing, because I remember because he went over me. <laughs> Couldn't really reach him because everybody else obviously was taller than me. <laughs> but when he went crowd surfing, I lost my mind. Oh, yeah. That was... <sighs> and Train still slaps to this day. 100%. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Anybody that says anything else, wrong. Hey, Soul Sister. It's a jam. It's a bop, no doubt. But I'll put I'll put that train performance in my top five. Okay, but that was just the first thing that jumped out. So I'm curious to hear yours. You might sway me. You ready for this? Oh, hell. Because this was this was my kind of hipster phase where I had my ears stretched, mm-hmm. starting to get tattoos and everything. Mm-hmm. All American Rejects. I mean i I wouldn't be upset with that. They put on a hell of a show. They were a day performer, though, weren't they? No, they were, they were closer for oh, one of they? the nights, yeah. Hmm. Because they came out and like threw toilet paper and stuff out in the crowd. Okay. Felt that. There you go. Because I remember like, me and the group of people I was with, we like 
grabbing the toilet paper, putting it in our hats and stuff, just kind of mop off the sweat. Oh, yeah. That and number two, Weezer. I don't think I was at the Weezer one. I think they were the same weekend as All-American Rejects. because so it might have been a Friday, All-American Rejects Saturday? Maybe. Well, yeah, I think I think so. I can't remember if they were the same year or not. That was like oh, yeah, ten years ago, exactly. obviously. But when they start playing "Say It Ain't So," uh-huh. lost my mind. Like the whole crowd, like uh, they stopped singing it and let the crowd sing back to it. And you could hear them all singing. That's just one of those concert moments. Like you just feel in your bones. You're like, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. God, dude, I missed that. Now I need a live concert so bad. Another one that was good was Akon. Oh yeah, he was pretty good. When his, uh, cause you bring that up, I think it was, it might have just been Akon that done it. It was either him or his DJ went on like an eight minute beatbox, like just straight session. Yeah. And I want to say, I want to say it was the DJ and Akon just started like freestyling over him beatboxing. I don't know if it was like, I don't know if they were having technical issues or like this might have just been part of the show, but my God, it was electric. All right, you know who's going to round out my top five since I pretty much named them? Because mm-hmm. it was All-American Rejects, Weezer, number three, Train, obviously. Number four mm-hmm. was Seether. No, not Seether, sorry. Shinedown. That was a really good when one. When they made everybody jump yeah. and the dust from like the gravel and yeah, stuff started flying just, up everywhere. There was a cloud. My was al- a literal cloud above the crowd. <laughs> my allergies were mad, but I wasn't. <laughs> I couldn't breathe for the rest of the show. I remember that one. That was a, that's a good one, too. God, dude, so many memories flooding back now. And then, just for one song, rounding out my top five was Fuel. You remember them? I don't. They sang the song Hemorrhage. It was like, I mean, life bleeding in my yeah, hands. Yeah, no. I mean, with the typical 90s grunge rock Yeah, I was going to say, I know the band. I just don't remember their performance there. It was like it was an early day performance, but I was like, I got to be there because this one song. Yeah, okay. Because Hemorrhage was my jam back in the days. I would... I, <sighs> Yeah, I'd say maybe swap Weezer for T-Pain, and me and you have an identical list. Throw Weezer in at my five spot. But uh, Did you know Brantley Gilbert played there before he was bro country? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know That's that. That's when I'd still go see my work play and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just like the the lure of having to wait so long that amplified his performance, but... Teddy Penderass down did his damn thing up there. Yeah, he did well. I oh, liked yeah. it. When oh, he yeah. started singing XC and pulled his pants down, though, I was like, mm-hmm. the show's going sideways hey, really quick. <laughs> that dude was 10 different ways up. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, did you go see Wiz when he played? I didn't go see that one. Uh-uh. I imagine it was probably more of the same. Yeah, I kind of wish I would have. Just because I like I like Wiz's yeah. mixtapes. I hate his albums, but I love his mixtapes. Somebody Cabin Fever is Wiz's best mixtape. Somebody posted on nah, Flight School. Uh, somebody posted on Facebook earlier. It's ironic that you even brought up Wiz, but they were like that whole Wiz Khalifa year when he really blew up was like an entire era. Yeah, and like it's so true. Taylor Gang or Die could not have been like any. Like, it was the biggest thing in the country. Yeah, man, the Crawfish Bowl was so fun though. Like, I just, I remember all those times, which that's going to lead us into our unpopular opinion. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Hell, let's do it. Childhood is the most lovable part of your life. Elaborate. Go ahead. Tell Let me, me why you think 
Well, to or, be fair, the to the unpopular opinion as, as far as childhood, I'll just say before I graduate or like until I graduate high school. Okay. Was that the most lovable part of my life? There's a lot of times where I think back on all the things I did as a kid, and I'm like, I would kill to do that again. Yeah. Just just to have me and my neighborhood boys just riding our bikes all day, going in the woods, stuff like that. But would I change it for my life now? No. Yeah, that's, that's a toughie. Because, I mean, you brought up some really good points there, especially going back, like, riding bikes, just doing dumb crap that kids do. Literally just walking out into the woods. No purpose. Just just to walk into the woods. Like, there's times I'll still, when I go see Dad, like, I'll drive up and down my old street just to kind of relive those moments mm-hmm. just for a minute. Because that's also a happy place for me. Like, just reliving some of those good days after a stressful week. You know, it's nothing, it looks nothing like it did when I was a kid. Yeah. But I still remember exact spots for uh-huh. everything. You can still see it the way it was. Like we had a place called uh, Scorpion Ridge. That's what we named it because scorpions are cool when you're a kid. Okay. But it led to like old reclaimed strip pits. That's where we go fishing. We'd swim, jump off cliffs and stuff like that. Stuff like that, man. Like I love that part of my life. Like that stories I'll tell Jackson. Yeah. Like I'll tell him these stories and he gets a kick out of it. Like that. that those are the kinds of the memories that – you just thrive off of. Mm-hmm. It's what keeps you going. Sometimes when when times get really shitty, because like I've because I told Brit <laughs> a few nights well not a few nights ago it was a while back. Like I was just sitting on the couch and I was in a bad spot mentally, so I just started like YouTube and like Empire Dora stuff like that, and I found like drone videos of everywhere we like we grew up like yeah. the high school, the golf course, whatever. And it just kind of played back in my head, and I just thought to myself, like, I've had a really, really good life. I was just thinking, like, you know, when it's all said and done, wherever I go, like, if it's a good place, these are the memories and the places that I want to play all over again. But I still want to have my adult body and have Brittany (laughs) with me. (laughs) Fair enough. Not selfish at all, Drake. No. (laughs) I mean, it's just. But like I was, I was just sitting there and I kind of got like emotional just thinking about, I was like, I've had such a good life. I wouldn't mind doing it again. And the first half of my life, my childhood, I'm getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Like the first half of my life, man, that was just so fun. And do you think it's that way because of the experiences? So like you were talking about, you watch the drone footage and you drive up and down your old street and you remember how things were. Do you think it's just the emotions you get from remembering those first experiences that make it the most lovable? Yeah, like you know how we say, "I wish that I heard this song for the first time again." Yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. Like our, we built a clubhouse like right across from my road. Like I just looked at now, it's like an old grown-up lot. Uh-huh. I was just like, man, it's like just visualizing. It's like I wish I could do that again because. We worked like two weeks on that clubhouse, <laughs> and the first time we jumped in it, it fell. There you go. <laughs> you know, we're all laying there with plywood and uh-huh. nails and stuff all over us. As kids would do. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that part of it. I wouldn't go, I don't think, I don't think I could say it's the most lovable. Like that, wasn't that the childhood is the most lovable part of your Of your life? life. Yeah. Because I think you're going to find... No matter what age group you're in, you know, like up to high school, 
early twenties, late twenties, into your thirties, forties, whatever it is, I think you, I think you can still find things that you're going to absolutely love and get excited about. Yeah. And you're still going to find things that you've never experienced before. So you're going to have a lot more firsts coming your way. So I, I don't, I guess maybe it's naive, but I don't want to say childhood was I mean, the most lovable part of my life. Like, I don't want to go back to it. Yeah. Like, I've already lived it. Like, I'm just saying, like, you know, if that was like my eternal reward or whatever, uh-huh. I wouldn't mind doing it again. No, yeah, I got you. I, I'm just speaking like, I'm speaking from like going forward. I don't want to, I don't want to think that my childhood was the most lovable part of my life because if you think that way, what do you have to look forward to now? And and to be fair, to be fair, when we're younger, we didn't really understand what love was, except for our parents also true. and our family. Also true. I didn't know what love was until I was like, yo, I love this woman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying. It gives you a better appreciation for your childhood because now you you have an understanding for what love is. So when you think back on those memories of where you grew up in younger days, you realize Maybe stuff that you thought in the moment wasn't that great or was just something you were supposed to be doing is actually something that you were passionate about and you actually loved. And see, there's like these conversations that we have now. There's like so many memories that get triggered that you don't realize you remember. And that's what blows my mind about the human brain. Like you couldn't remember this day for nothing, but somebody brings it up. You're going to remember something that's kind of relatable. Uh, just like the, the crawfish bowl thing just now. Yeah. Like, I hadn't thought about the crawfish bowl and. 10 years just like the other day when i was talking in uh the group text and we were talking about car path only and when jack got on to me i was just like <laughs> i dropped it he was like he turned around walked off he turned around and was like what <laughs> like those are the memories like you don't that aren't like vibrant in, the, in your brain mm-hmm. but when somebody says something it's like that happened i remember this yeah but you know like we didn't really understand what love was as a child but I loved every part of my childhood. Yeah, same. And I had a good childhood, like uh, playing outside nonstop. <clears throat> and I think that's what a lot of this generation of ch- children are missing out on. Because now it's like tablets and neighborhoods are so sprawled out for the most part. that You're not getting out there and making friends. Like when I moved to Empire, my one of my friends that I went to church with, his grandparents lived up there. So I got to know him. Well, he was playing with some neighborhood kids. That's how I got to know him. So when we he were, wasn't there, we, we were networking pl- at a young yeah. age and didn't even realize it. We Facebooked without Facebook. <laughs> like, we faced a Facebook. <laughs> Facts. But, you know, childhood's fun, but I don't think it's the most lovable part of my life because now it's, you get to experience these things, but you're doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're doing it with your friends, but now it's like things Brittany and I experienced together, like uh, when we went to South Dakota and stuff like that. Those are things I'll never forget. Yeah, that's, like, what, that's what I was saying. No yeah. matter how far in the memory bank they go, like they're still going to play a huge part in my life. Exactly. That's 100% the point I was making. So that's, I disagree with the unpopular opinion. Yeah, yeah, same. Because the unpopular opinion is that childhood is the most... Yeah, I, I agree with you that I disagree with the unpopular opinion. Now, my days in Empire in, in Argo, where I grew up, both places I grew up were super fun. Oh, yeah. Dude, the most tipsy days? I got to Argo kind of late, and all of my friends were still in Sipsy. So, like, when I would go out and play, I wasn't going out in Argo. Hey, Mom, can you take me back to 
Hey, Nina and Uncle Tommy, so I can you know, go play with my friends. So still getting outside and playing, but the most Sipsy days were unrivaled. Yeah. <laughs> when people give Empire shit, that's why I kind of get like upset about it. As they should. I Empire's mean, trash. <laughs> you're, Just kidding. You're a cross-bridge rival. <laughs> exactly. But people see what it is now, and that's that's understandable. But the Empire now is not the Empire I grew up in. It's not no. the It's not the Empire our parents grew up in. No. And that's why I think it was so fun. So while we're doing this, real quick, not just tell me a. We'll go into story. Like I said, like I said earlier, we'll we'll do story time from the six four on our ends. Before we wrap up, story time from the six four, Sipsy edition. All right, <clears throat> I'll give you an Empire one after you're done. Gotcha. Time from Sipsy, huh? A lot of the times, for me, a lot of the memories. I'm sorry that stand out were being up at the old ballpark and different tournaments or practices or whatever. But it might've been like when I like really fell in love with baseball might've been the moment that kind of triggered it was we were playing like Oakman or somebody and uh, having like a decent game. And I was playing shortstop and my buddy Kel Smith was playing second base and we thought we had like a little bit of swagger about us, you know, didn't know what swagger was, but just two cocky kids basically. And we turned a smooth double play one time during the game. Kel fields it moving to his right. I come across the bag, good throw over to chase it first, get the double play and we're jogging off, you know, like all excited. Like, Oh, you know, we just turned our first double play. But after the game, I remember the umpire that he was, uh, he was behind the plate. He came up and was talking to me and Kel. Said that was one of the smoothest double plays I've ever seen at any level. And I was like, Did you know this was my first? <laughs> Man, I really like this game now. And we were like seven and eight, maybe. Yeah. So like very young. But that that was that was one that always stuck out because like I said, I think that was like that was when I really started to fall in love with baseball. Yeah. So Mine from Empire. We uh, <clears throat> when we were younger, there's a road. It's a side road, not too far from the actual street we grew up on. Like we had to get on Coon Creek Road to get there. We all had, well, my buddies had dirt bikes, four wheelers, so we all just loaded it up and went together. But there was a burnout bridge, a strip pit bridge, off this little road. Like it was like three miles off of the main road. So it was kind of a decent ride. We go down there and fished all the time. This burnout bridge, you had to kind of swim to it to get up on the bridge. So that's where we go is to fish. And uh, my buddy, he caught a catfish one time. And we're on the bridge just standing. And the chicken plant would open up and it'd make the river go up. It was the Warrior River. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were standing on the bridge. My We saw the water rise. My buddy had a catfish on. And it was a hefty catfish. Like the water starts coming up. We're like, oh, we got to go because we knew like it stinks. You don't want it on your body. So while we're swimming, he's holding on this fish. Like he's lipping it <laughs> up over the water while we're swimming over to the bank. <laughs> the catfish fins him right in the forearm and he's just throwing a fit <laughs> and he's still holding on the fish. <laughs> we get up to the four wheeler dude and it fend him like three or four times. He's crying, Jesus. throwing a fit. His 
forearm is just gashed up. <laughs> we get back to the house, to his house. His dad's like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> He's like, the fish finned me. <laughs> like, could you see us just riding down Coon Creek Road oh, holding yeah, this big old 12, 15 pound catfish <laughs> on a four, on the back of a four wheeler? And this thing's just losing its mind. Like, I've just, I'm just gumming it. Like, oh. I got my hand in his mouth. Well, then it fins me too. And then his dad's like, sound, look like I got the better of both of you. <laughs> so that was a good, like, that was just a memory. Like, it was so oh, fun. Yeah. Like, we got the crap beat out by a fish, but it tasted good. <laughs> There's another one. Ah. We'll save it for another yeah. time. Tell at the time me and Junior almost burned uh, Empire down. Oh, what'd you do that for? It was an accident. Oh, okay. There was a gas can involved. <laughs> we'll jump into it next I time. almost fell off a bridge. But we we decided to do something a little special for those of you that listen. As you all know, we have a merch on hand. If you're listening to this episode and you want a t-shirt, we have small through extra large left. Our R two X's are gone. So if you're in that size range, if you message me or Shane or the or the podcast page on Facebook or Instagram saying you want a shirt, you get the shirt for fifteen bucks shipped or pickup. Fifteen dollars flat fee. That's all you got to do. Just hey, I want a shirt. Send us your size. Fifteen bucks. They're normally twenty two and twenty seven dollars, but for this episode, if you're listening. 15 bucks. It's yours. And uh, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, go check that out. We do reviews. Shane throws up uh, clips from the podcast on it. What else do we do on there? We got some golf stuff coming. Mm-hmm. We've got some fishing stuff coming since it's getting into that good weather. So yeah, check out our YouTube channel. All you got to do is look up Pass the Jar Podcast. And also, as always, TikTok is Pass the Jar Pod. I've been. Heavy on the TikTok lately. So. Shane, Shane's got our TikTok game flowing. I'm trying. And then Instagram is Pass the Jar Podcast. Search us on Facebook if you haven't already. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Let us know what's a stressful thing for you and how do you get rid of that stress. Also, tell us, uh, tell us your thoughts on the unpopular opinion. Was your childhood the most lovable part of your life? But until next time, if that jar's not empty... Pass that thing around. Love your neighbor. Talk to someone different than you, and we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar.